0: Don't call it a comeback. I'll have hair for years. Wake up in the morning feeling like P. D. Grab my glasses. I'm out the door. I'm gonna hit this city before I leave. Brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. Cause when I leave
1: for the night, I ain't coming back. I'm talking
2: live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. Hold on, Ed is saying, Ed? "Are you there, I, Ed?" Yes. Can you hear us, Ed? This is the press box.
0: To answer your question, Jared, before we go to break, and hopefully Ed chimes in a little.
2: <laughs> with Grady and Bischoff.
0: We'll take a break, and when we come back, maybe Ed Grady will be able to hear Are us. you guys there?
2: On ESPN Las Vegas. Hey, we're all here this morning on Monday. It's Ed, Tyler, and Jared. The week after the Raiders tried to improve themselves with the NFL draft, so we'll start right there. The
1: first bite. Did Trayvon Morrig save the Raiders draft?
2: It's a great question. Uh we have no idea, obviously, because we don't know how any of these guys are gonna play, but it sure went I was uh I wrote this it was kind of funny in that like you in a twenty four hour span, you know, they take out Litherwood at seventeen. And everyone goes, here we go again. They're reaching, uh, you know, pro football focus. I think, Adam, is their ninth overall tackle. Darish I was sitting there. And then the next night, they trade up and get Mooring. And you'd have thought, like, Gruden and Mayock were the saviors. So it is funny, Tyler, (laughs) how kind of these drafts go where the perception or the reaction is based on where guys go. But there was enough of a positive reaction with Mooring that I think people thought, okay, if he can start at safety, which they need, it might have been, you know, a good move to go and get him.
0: It kind of washed out what happened with Alex Leatherwood because Morig was now he wasn't the first safety drafted. He ended up being the third yeah, safety the board, drafted. No. But I, I think every every like big board or mock draft I saw had morrig as the top safety in this yeah. draft. And for weeks. Yeah, and for the most part was a first round pick. So that that pick trading up to go, to get him I think was an excellent job by the Raiders in yeah. the second round. Now why he was the third one picked when everyone thought he was going to be the first one picked. I don't know. I know people were concerned about uh, medical issues with Morick. Morick said he was fine. Mike Mayock said he was fine. So I, I guess he's fine. I mean, we'll see, I guess if he's hurt whenever they start camp or something, yeah. then we'll know he wasn't fine. But like, it it sounds like they don't think that's much of an issue, but they did as well as they could in the second round, and it kind of makes up for what happened with Alex Leatherwood. But there is still like there is still a slight problem with the first two rounds of the draft, and it's because the Raiders ended up having to trade up to get Moring. Like they, they gave away their fourth round pick to go get Trayvon Moring. And that's the that's sort of the cost of reaching for Alex Leatherwood. Because if you go back to the first round. And now we know, somebody called Mike Mayock with a trade offer, we're pretty sure based on reporting that it was Minnesota, because Minnesota was trying to trade yes. back up, if yes. they had traded back with Minnesota, instead of giving up a fourth round pick to go get Trayvon Mooring, they might have added a fourth round pick without for to go back and still get Alex Leatherwood in the first round, and then when you're trading up to get Mooring, you still have that extra asset. And that's sort of the that's why we talk about the value that the Raiders miss out on. Instead of losing out on an asset to get the two guys they wanted in the first two rounds, they probably could have added an asset and still gotten the same two players. And that's where the Raiders keep messing up in the draft. Is, is same thing with Cleveland Fertile. Same thing with you could probably put Henry Ruggs in that conversation. Same thing with Damon Arnett. All those guys, they probably could have traded down added another pick and still drafted the same guy they wanted and had more assets, but they
2: failed to do that almost every single season in the first round. Yeah, Well, I'm going to disagree with you on one point. I don't think they would have added assets because Johnny would have given some draft picks back. So it probably all leave it down at that point. Um we need the fourth, we'll give you fifth. Um, yeah, and and the Trayvon mooring thing was interesting because not only, like you said, like for, I mean, maybe months, I think the first mock draft I had, I saw he was the number one safety, and that never changed. And I think a lot of mock drafts I saw, he was the only safety in the first round. So yeah. it was like a, this universal feeling that he's by far the best safety on the board. We had people from Pro Football Focus say, he might, you know, I don't know if I derived him at 17, but he's the only safety you consider. And he went third. It's interesting in that Mayock talked a few times. And I'm sure every team was like this about the medicals on guys, and they were more difficult this time because of COVID. To really find out now, now you know Mayock said. I think the first night that up until you know an hour before the draft, they were still getting medicals on people. It was hard to get them. That might have had something to do with other teams passing on more. We don't know. It was interesting though that two safeties went before him. If the consensus was he was the best one, it had to be because of the back. I don't know what would have come up in the last hour to make everyone who ever did a mock wrong about the guy. Um, But like you said, he was on the Zoom with us. He said his back's fine. He kind of laughed about it. He said I'm 100%. So if they do have a rookie mandatory – or rookie camp, we don't know if they're going to yet, or they're mandatory. We don't know if they're going to do that yet. You know, if the kid's on the side holding a helmet, then something's wrong with his back. But if he's out there practicing, I guess he's fine like everyone's saying he is. Um, Yeah, Alex Leatherwood, again, I – I, I got worried. I thought I was following along, and I'm sure you were as well. So Pro Football Focus was doing their grade as the pick happened. And it was terrific <laughs> stuff. It was It's absolutely amazing, those guys, what they do. But the two or three times I saw this, I was a little concerned that I would be if I'm Derek Carr when they're like really struggled and pass blocking. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, hold on here. That's kind of what you needed in a right tackle, right, to keep <laughs> Carr upright and to protect him. That, I thought that was the whole point of you needing a right tackle. Not only like you're revamping the offense line and you need one, but I would think the one thing you want from your right tackle is he can protect Derek Carr just as like Colton Miller on the other side. So we'll see about Leatherwood. They say he's going to be slotted in as the starter right away. He's obviously not as secure in that realm as Colton Miller is on the other side. But yeah, they those first two picks, It was re- I just thought it was interesting to see the reaction from the outside looking in. In that the first night, these guys once again are horrible, and the second night, man, look how smart they are. And it's probably, I'll tell you, it's probably somewhere in between, right? It's never like as horrible as people say. It's never as good. Somewhere in between, you know, they did something well and probably reached on the other guy.
0: Yeah, and at the end of the day, MORG might end up being awful, and Alex Leatherwood might end up yeah, being man. awesome in the no, first yeah. in the first year, exactly. but. Here's, here's what's interesting to me is if you look through the Raiders draft, they take Morgan in the first round, but they also took Tyree Gillespie, another safety out of Missouri, mm-hmm. in the fourth round. Now add to that that in the offseason they signed Carl Joseph. So actually, let me ask you this. Well, I'll give you a random week. Let's say week nine in the NFL. Who are the two starting safeties for the Raiders?
2: Well, if he's healthy, it's a, to me it's a big issue if Trayvon Morgan's not their free safety, if he's healthy, like in, unless he gets hurt or whatever. I mean, if you're going to trade up and get that guy, he's supposed to be the best draft or best safety in draft. You're talking about the Jeff Heaths of the world. I mean, I think it'd be a really big disappointment if, in fact, Trayvon Mooring is not your free safety. I think where you're going with, and I think you, you, you're you exact right uh, on here, is what's happening with Jonathan Abram. Now, now he's young. I get that. But everyone who's watched that team, whether it's football people or media whoever, have pointed out, some severe issues with Jonathan Abram, and whether it's tackling angles, can't cover anyone. Um, that'll be actually. I'm not going to say the problem, but again, I go back to these grades and these guys and people who've watched film. If you read the with stuff about Ty, uh, about Tyree Gillespie, a lot of that stuff seems to be Jonathan Abram. It does. I struggles with tackling, <laughs> can't cover anybody. I'm like, and I'm reading that, and like Adam, Adam and I are texting back and forth for the paper because we both have to do different things for the paper. And I'm reading that, I'm like, did they just draft Jonathan Abram? Yes, that's the exact- I'm like, everything I saw, I'm like, that's the same guy. So I can't tell you who's going to start at the second safety spot or in the secondary, but I, if Trayvon Moore is not a starter in Week 9, if he's healthy, I think that's a massive disappointment. I thought the
0: same exact thing about Gillespie yeah. because— <laughs> Is well, that the guy? <laughs> I was watching. It was on ESPN. I was watching, and they start showing highlights of Gillespie. And they're talking about how he's great against the run and he's a big hitter, and every highlight yes. is him yes. racing up to the line of scrimmage to tackle somebody. And they didn't show a single highlight of him in coverage. And I was no. like, this is definitely Jonathan Abram 2.0. Yeah. Like they drafted another Jonathan Abram. So here's what's interesting about the safety spot. So we're assuming the free safety spot's gonna be Trayvon morrig and then Jeff Heath is the backup. Right. right. That that's right. sort of the assumption at free safety. The strong safety spot, which in Gus Bradley's system is apparently going to have less pass coverage uh, responsibilities, so maybe that's a good thing for Jonathan Abram. But it appears sure. to be Abram and then Carl Joseph and then Tyree Gillespie as well. Mm-hmm. Now, Joseph can presumably play free safety, too, if needed. Uh, but I look at that, and based on their careers,
2: Carl right. Joseph you is you say better. Carl
0: Joseph, wouldn't you? He's better than Jonathan Abram. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I would assume, based on how they kept playing Jonathan Abram last year, that Abram is going to start the year or start practice training camp as the starting strong safety. But I, don't, I, I actually think that the Raiders did something pretty well this offseason and that they gave themselves options that are not named Jonathan Abram. Like I thought based on last year – that they were going into this with, hey, Jonathan Abram is still our starting strong safety, and we're not even trying to upgrade there. Right. They didn't go out and get a big-name safety, but I think they gave themselves options where Abram's still going to get the first shot, but if he's awful in, you know, training camp or the first couple of weeks of the season, they have Carl Joseph that they – I mean, listen, you could give Carl Joseph plenty of snaps. He's average, maybe below average, but he's an average safety in the NFL – you can give him the snaps if Abram isn't any good. So I actually think they did a pretty good job addressing safety without making the big splash or the big name that would have definitely been the starter. I think they did a good job to give themselves other
2: options that are not named Jonathan Abram to play in the secondary. Well, and the other thing we don't know, we, we, you know, we kidded around, we made jokes, but it's you know obviously this happened. We have no idea what Gus Bradley thought after watching film. Right, so that's true. So he might have gone and watched every film and said, okay, we've got issues here. And, he, you know, he coached against him. right? I mean, he knows, even though he was looking at offense at that point, he might have gone in that lab that we make fun of and watched every film and said, you know what? There's an issue here with this guy. We better get some more safeties. We might not have to go get the best safety on the market and pay a fortune because of the because of the salary cap. But he very well could have come out of there and said, told Mayock and Gruden, you better get a new safety. I think, to answer your question, I think in week nine, if Maureen's not... If Moring's not started, starting, I think it's a disappointment if he's healthy. On the other side, if you're telling me Carl Joseph is after two guys who seem to be the same player, I don't think that's as much of a disappointment because you're still talking about a fourth-round pick in Tyree Gillespie, and we've seen Abram. So if your starting safeties in Week yeah. 9 are Carl Joseph and Moring, I don't think that's the wrong choices or the horrible choice. Right? You can't look and say, well, why isn't Gillespie starting? Well, he's a fourth-round pick. Yeah. Um, it's more to me. It's more of a disappointment at that point if Jonathan Abram is will start.
0: Right, exactly. And I, I don't think Gillespie's stealing anyone's job as a fourth yeah. round pick, who's a, a you know, different John, Jonathan Abram with a different name on the back of his jersey. Right. So I, but I do think at, at during this season we're going to say their best safety combination is Morgan and uh, Carl Joseph. I think yeah. that's what I think that's the conversation we're going to be having throughout this season is that that's their best safety combination and honestly throw jeff heath at strong safety if you need to because even though he might be a little smaller maybe he's better than jonathan abram too but i think that's the conversation we're going to be having because again carl i mean carl joseph when he was with the raiders was supposedly known as hey he's he's better against the run now he ended up making more plays in the passing game than i think people expected but he sort of had that reputation as well so I don't think that Abram is going to give them their best chance to win. And I think they at least have some guys behind him that can take that spot. Whereas last year, that just it didn't exist and they didn't give anybody else a shot anyway. All right. Coming up next, Aaron Rodgers. Is he actually going to retire if the Packers don't make any changes?
3: Our stats hogwash. Are you tired of hearing Tyler do math on the radio?
1: Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678.
2: Box morning show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Be part of the conversation on the Finley Kia text line at 69187. Finley Kia. Come see a Kia on West Sahara. Oh,
0: Oh, Australian soccer. Who doesn't love it? We got a big win, Ed. We got a big win for the Western Sydney Wanderers. But. Did we win? Did we win? We won. We won. All right. We knocked All them right. off. So. But. Aaron Rodgers. This is a fun story. It's too bad. It's too bad the draft was this weekend because this would have. <laughs> I mean, I, t- I guess it still became the number one story, but it would have dominated a lot more if there hadn't been a, a draft of college kids into the NFL. But Aaron Rodgers and the saga with the Green Bay Packers now, according to a report from Yahoo, Aaron Rodgers wants the Packers general manager, Brian Gutkirst, uh, to be fired. Uh, Rodgers is apparently willing to sit out training camp. He might even consider retiring. And as the report was, a reconciliation may not be possible if the GM remains. Do you actually believe Aaron Rodgers would retire
2: if the Packers just didn't do anything? I guess I'd have to know the thoughts of the producer of Jeopardy at this point. You um, I, look, I mean, obviously money's not never going to be an issue with him again, but people say that, and there's still what is it, fourteen million this year and twenty-five, you know, each of the next two years. So you can say you want to retire, but that's still a ton of money left on the table. So I always kind of am skeptical. Unless he's got something lined up in Hollywood, which apparently he wants to end up anyway, then it might change differently. But no, I don't think he'd retire. I think that's more of these veiled threats guys at his age can make, and they have to think about it. I mean, if he's 23, no one's believing that, but he's not 23. <laughs> so I do think in the situation, and it's let me ask you this because I, I saw something interesting the other day. It's pretty simplistic, but I thought I hadn't thought of like, oh, okay. We've seen in the NBA superstars just dictate things. I mean, they just dictate things. They just say, this is what's happening. I'm not – it doesn't happen as much in the NFL. Could this be like one of the guys that happens with – I mean, you know, there's not many people in that league that have enough juice to kind of force these kind of moves, but he might be one of them. I don't even know if Brady does at this point in his career, at his age. I don't know if he does that. There's not many names. So – I actually think he can force a move here. Now, sitting at a training camp, I absolutely could see. And at this point, I don't know if that would mean anything anyway, his age and how good he is. But, um, yeah, I think he could force a move here. I, I actually do. Um, and I might be wrong with that. Not a lot of football players can force those kind of moves.
1: He might play better by not showing up to training camp.
2: Well, I mean, you know, I mean at his end, it's like, you know, it's like oh, I don't know if he needs training camp. I feel camp again, like for it, once. You know? I mean, yeah, I don't. I mean, look at last year, no preseason games. He's the MVP. So, I mean, I, again, he's so good that, you know, I don't know if he needs it. But I'm always it's interesting how different football and basketball is compared to this. And maybe it's the kind of sport in football, you know, you can it's so it's such a difficult, you know, violent sport that maybe that plays into it. But I think he could exact I think he could enact change if he sits out and they really start believing this guy's not coming in. So according to the
0: Yahoo story, this is all because of the Jordan love pick. Because two two parts, one, that Aaron Rodgers didn't like that he wasn't aware that they were going to pick Jordan Love, that he wanted mm-hmm. to be, uh I don't know if involved in the draft, but wanted to be made aware that that was a possibility. But then more importantly, that he thinks the general manager was going to move on from Aaron Rodgers after the 2020 season and go to Jordan Love. The problem for the Packers, and that if that was the plan, is that Aaron Rodgers had an MVP season and you can't really get rid of the MVP. No. Um, I, I feel like I'm taking the wrong side, but I think the Packers thought process was right. Like trading up for Jordan Love might not be the right move to make, but the idea of moving on from Aaron Rodgers so from 2009 to 2014, Rodgers had six straight seasons where he was a top four quarterback in the NFL by pro football focus. But from 2015 until 2019, Rodgers' pro football focus ranks were 12th, 3rd, 10th, 5th, and 7th. Still great, but that's clearly a decline from where you're constantly in the top four to now you're averaging 7 or eighth every single season. So if you're the Packers, before right before they picked Jordan Love, they had a 36-year-old quarterback who had gotten worse over the past five seasons. I, like, if I'm the team, I should be planning for the future. I shouldn't be planning on a 36 year old quarterback to suddenly get better. That sounds like a dumb plan. It happened. That happened. Aaron Rodgers went back to being like the best quarterback in football. But that, if you're an organization, you can't really plan on that. When you've seen the quarterback slip back in terms of production and play, you can't really plan on the 36 year old to suddenly be right back where he was when he was 29 or something like that. So again, I don't know if Jordan Love was the right guy to get, but I, I, I understand what the Packers were doing. I understand the idea of, Hey, this guy's 36 and not getting better. We, we need to have a plan in place for, for moving on from Aaron Rodgers. It just happened that he got better and became the MVP.
2: Look, you're 150% right. Here's the thing about Aaron Rodgers. What do we hear? I mean, he's incredible, you know, obviously, but he is 37 and, most guys at his level and age have an ego. I think his is exponentially bigger than most people. And by the way, you could be mad that they picked Jordan Love in the moment, even though I think as a as a guy who actually you know replaced the Hall of Famer, you eventually knew this would happen. You were Jordan Love at one point. Right. But, but you had an MVP season. The fact he's still caught up in this is very weird to me. It's like – Get over yourself. You're 37, while still great. You are 37 in a league where only a few people, very, very special elite people, last this long, especially that position. Good for you. He's incredible, but that he's still bringing this up after City, you know, after being with that kid for a year in terms of your backup, knowing him, going through the season, being the MVP, I think speaks a lot to, like you said, bad on Aaron Rodgers comparative to the team. I, I, you know, I mean, just get, dude, it's been a year. They picked him. All right, you were mad. Everyone knew you were mad. You go on all these national radio shows. You say, you you know, you say you are mad. Get over yourself. You're the MVP. They're obviously not going to replace you now. You just won the most prestigious award. And and that, I'm sure, like you said, you know, delayed the Packers' ultimate plan here. You can't replace the MVP. That would be stupid. I mean, eventually Jordan Love has to play. You picked him in the first round. But yeah, I it just, it, it, this is Aaron Rodgers' arrogance in a lot of ways. Um, that doesn't mean he won't force it though. I mean, unless like I said, we don't really know behind the scenes how, you know, close they think Jordan love is ready. If they think he's, they need, you know, he's ready to go and they want to see him. And he's first round pick. Maybe they call Aaron Rodgers bluff and the NFL. Usually you call guys bluffs more. So like I said, in the NBA, you actually kind of panter to the, to the stars and they, they decide what's going to happen. Um, I mean, yeah, I, like I said, I could see him holding out a training camp. I could see that he starts getting fined, although they always take care of that in the end, if a guy comes back. Um, I just, you know, he might have the juice, but getting a GM fired, that that often doesn't happen in the NFL. Usually the team wins out. If you're the Packers,
0: don't you trade Aaron Rodgers? Like, I, the, the, they're built to win now. Like, they have a Super Bowl window right now with Aaron Rodgers. But they drafted Jordan Love in the first round. And assuming they still believe in him, don't you trade Aaron Rodgers and take whatever, you know, if you end up getting three first-round picks or something like that. You take those three first-round picks, and you can – again, your your Super Bowl window kind of goes away for right now. But if Jordan sure. Love turns out to be good, you can probably stay good for a long time as a playoff team if Jordan Love is solid and you get those three first-round picks. Like, I, If you believe in Jordan Love like they did when they drafted him last year, don't you trade Aaron Rodgers right now?
2: Oh, it, yeah, because I mean you hold because there will be teams out there. I'll put the Raiders in the in the, although they already said I think both of us agreed last week it's pro, most probably going to be an AFC team and it just appears initially Denver kind of had the edge with the cap and everything they could figure out the money. but yeah, and you hold teams ransom. you're like, look if you think you're a quarterback away, and this guy's got what three years left on his deal which would bring him to 40, but obviously he's kind of in that Brady realm of being very elite and special at that age. Yeah, someone's giving me three round, three first round picks, and maybe some players. I yes, three first round picks. I I, I trade them for at this point. I mean, yeah. and let's be honest, that's probably where the starting point is. You're giving up the team, you're giving up the league MVP, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. I mean, if I'm the Packers, I don't even listen to. If someone's calling, if you're not starting with three first round picks, then don't call. Right? I mean, yeah. I wouldn't even answer the phone. Yeah, it's
0: it's fascinating because Aaron Rodgers is one of the. You know, three most influential players in the NFL. But I, I almost feel like if you're the Packers, you're fine. you let him go. Like yeah. you say, okay, we'll we'll either either you call his bluff and say, yeah, whatever, Aaron, you'll be here for Week One, or you say, all right, we're we're trading you. We're getting three first round picks, and we're going to the guy we traded up for to pick in the first round a couple of years ago because yeah. we traded up to get pick him in the first round for a reason. And you'll you'll go from there. I mean, it would be funny if the Packers went from Brett Favre, Darren Rodgers, and then Jordan Love was great. Like, if they, trained, if they yeah. again had, like, a messy breakup with an all-time great, and it's like, yeah, whatever, the guy we drafted late in the first round is going to be awesome again. Like, And, it, know, and it, you get three first-round picks out of it. Yes, it just, I don't know, it'd be funny if they did that again.
1: <laughs> How mad do the Rams have to be?
0: You traded Why the Rams? For, what? Why the Rams? Oh, because they traded, traded for Stafford? Stafford, and they're like, ah, yeah, have we just yeah.
1: waited. We got yeah. the wrong quarterback yeah. from the NFC
0: North. All right, coming up next, Miles Simmons joins the show. A bit off a bit too much. Straight to Kamau, and they're launching off this. Kamau, released by Troisi. Little dink inside. It's Duke! It's two! In a matter of minutes! We're back to the
1: Press Box Morning Show with Ed Greeny and Tyler Bischoff.
0: Joining us now is Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk. Miles, how are you this morning? Hello, Miles.
3: D- doing well, gentlemen. How
0: are you? Good. Uh, all right. Let me let me start with this September. What the hell is Aaron Rodgers doing when we get there?
3: Oh, that's a great question, man. Uh, <laughs> At this point, you know, it doesn't seem like he's going to be playing for the Packers, you know, unless it, there is some way to reconcile what appears to be irreconcilable differences. You know, at this point, you know, when you get that report coming out of Yahoo that uh, Aaron Rodgers wants his general manager to be fired, and I don't, I don't know really how you come back from that. You know, I, it is very interesting to me to see the different levels of the Packers' brass talking about the way they feel about Aaron Rodgers and obviously they're going to say you know we want this guy back of course they want that guy back he's just the the reigning MVP you know he is one of the best quarterbacks to ever throw a football of all time but it just seems like at this point Aaron Rodgers does not want to be there he wants out and it seems like he's going to do everything he can to just throw excrement around until they decide yeah like we have no other choice but to trade this guy,
2: if uh, if John Gruden's making the call because he makes all calls with the Raiders and the yeah. Packers pick up the phone, are you even listening to John Gruden unless he starts the conversation with three number ones?
3: Uh man. I mean, I, 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 it depends. Maybe like you know. Okay, because the the, the Packers don't need a quarterback. In return, right? They want to be able to turn this thing over to Jordan Love. So, it it almost gets a little more complicated as to then what do the Raiders do with Derek Carr if they say yes, we and we do want to go after Aaron Rodgers. And look, I think if you're any team in the league, you should be interested in picking up the phone and calling Goodakust and saying like Yeah, man what what is it that you would like you know if you were to actually trade Aaron Rodgers. And you have to check in because you're going to make that call. Like, what are the teams who wouldn't do that? Uh, The Buccaneers, the Chiefs, maybe the Chargers, because you have Justin Herbert and he looks like he could turn into one of these elite guys. But other than that, I mean, most teams around the league, maybe the Bills would not call, but most teams around the league should call to see about Aaron Rodgers. But if you're in the NFC, they're probably going to turn you down straight off the bat, which is why, if Aaron Rodgers does want to be, I guess, let's call it in the Pacific or mountain time zone, um, then two of those teams are going to be the Raiders and then also the Broncos. So I don't know if, if Aaron Rodgers does want to be on one of those two teams, then it stands to reason that Kunst if he's going to trade Aaron Rodgers would listen to that call if, Uh, if Gruden starts by saying two ones or three ones, And then you start to sort of figure out things um, beyond that. But, I mean, look, if they actually are going to trade Aaron Rodgers and if they feel like they have to, then, yeah, you're going to answer the call from one of the few teams that Rodgers seems to be willing to go to.
0: What is the list of players in the NFL that could demand their general manager be fired and actually get him fired?
3: Oh, that's a good question, man. It's got to be pretty small. It's got to be pretty small. I mean, Patrick Mahomes would probably be one of them. But Patrick Mahomes doesn't seem like he would be the type of player <laughs> to, to do such a thing. And not only not only that, but if you look at the difference between what the Packers have done over the last however many years and what the Chiefs have done just in this offseason alone, right? Like, What did we all talk about after the Super Bowl? Man, the Chiefs really couldn't protect Patrick Mahomes in that game. Well, what have they done? They've gone out and they've rebuilt their entire offensive line. They traded to go get a guy in Baltimore who's in their conference, right? Somebody who is ostensibly one of their biggest rivals for getting that AFC crown. And they say, you know what? We're going to take one of your tackles because he wants to play left tackle. He's done a good job of playing left tackle when you gave him the opportunity. But, you guys have a left tackle in Ronnie Stanley already. Well, we'll take that guy. You can go sign wave and have him play right tackle if you want to, but that's the guy we want. You know, they go out and they cry Kyle Long from retirement. They go and they sign Joe Thune. They've done a lot of things to make sure that that offensive line is not going to be the same question mark that it was because they've provided depth, right? All those guys get injured. Well, you know, they've gone out and done something about it. And the thing that you see with the Packers is not that. Right? You know, they go to that NFC championship game in 2019, and what do they do? They go draft a quarterback in the first round and trade up to go draft a quarterback instead of you know, making sure that that team is improved and solidified so that they can go out and get a championship. And so when you see those two different types of things, man, I I don't think I really answered your question as you <laughs> asked it. But like that's that's the difference, and that's why you know you might see something like this with Rodgers, where you probably wouldn't with many others.
2: Uh, is it? Is there a better way to define the draft and people's reactions than the reaction of the Raiders took Alex Leatherwood at 17, Gruden and Mayock are out of their minds, they're reaching again, they don't know what they're doing. Oh, the Raiders traded up to get Trayvon Mooring at 43, they're geniuses. And it only, and it was only in a 24-hour span.
3: Look, that, so... The thing about the Raiders, right, and this regime that now they, is with Gruden and Mayock, it's almost like they've lost the benefit of the doubt. You know, because when you, you can say that, you know, people reacted in a similar way to when they drafted Colton Miller, and Colton Miller's has mm-hmm. improved steadily over the last few years. But Miller, obviously, he had that knee injury as a rookie and that affected things and he got better in nineteen when I was there covering him and then he was a little bit better in twenty. But you've now still signed him to this huge contract extension when you really didn't need to, especially because once you guarantee it's once you say, Yes, we're picking up that option, that money's guaranteed for the next year. So I get why they wanted to do that, but you really have to say when you're looking at these first round picks that they've had over the last few years. The only one that's really worked out so far is Josh Jacobs. Otherwise, you know, you're looking at Clee Furl and you're saying, man, you didn't really get value for number four overall in the draft. You know, you can say, well, Jonathan Abram was hurt as a rookie. I don't know. The jury's still out on him, but then Damon Arnett last year, well, you know, are you really sure that you got value for that pick that you had in the first round? Henry rugs. Are you sure that you got value for that pick? So, That's why it's like at this point, the benefit of the doubt is not there for the Raiders on these first round picks. And I think that that makes sense. Now, does that mean that Leatherwood is not going to be a good pro that he's not going to be able to hold down the right tackle spot? No, but I think when you're initially reacting to that, it makes sense to say, "Mm, I don't know if the Raiders going against conventional wisdom is something that we can still say, yeah, they have the benefit of the doubt for, you know, I I think one of my favorite sayings is sometimes things are outside the box because that's where they're supposed to be. We don't know if this is a thing that should have been outside the box, but I also don't know that we can continue to give the Raiders the benefit of the doubt when after the last few years, you just their first round picks have not come in and impressed.
0: So given the way their first round picks have played plus the way a lot of their high prized free agent signings have played, if they don't make the playoffs this year, do you, do you think it's over for Mike Mayock in Vegas?
3: Uh, I certainly think it could be. I think that somebody's probably going to have to be the scapegoat, and I don't see it being John Gruden. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I think it could definitely be Mike Mayock. Because, look, Gruden has that long contract, you know, that he's being paid a lot of money to do what he's doing. So it also doesn't seem like Mark Davis would be inclined to get rid of John Gruden, right? And it's not like the Raiders have been bad, bad. They've been mediocre, and when you go eight and eight, that's exactly what you are. But I think at this point, you know, you can't have four-year, five-year, six-year plans, whatever, in the NFL. That doesn't make any sense. You have to be able to improve, and they need to be able to improve quickly. So the Raiders need to be in the playoffs this year, right? It is year four of the John Gruden regime. You flirted with them the, the playoffs. That is. Uh, the last couple of years, you need to really take that step and make sure that you're a part of it. There are seven teams that get in to the postseason in each conference. The Raiders need to be one of those seven teams.
2: Uh, real quick, Bears came up to fields. Uh, what stood out to you? A few things in the first round that uh, you were either surprised at or you thought made sense?
3: Uh, I think the Bears going up and getting Fields actually definitely did make sense. You don't want Andy Dalton to just be the QB one <laughs> You know, and and on Twitter. Like, yeah, that's yeah. I, I'm sure that gets really got the fan base riled up. Uh, also, I think uh, what the Chargers did, selecting their tackle uh, in Slater. You know, what the the Lions did, in selecting their tackle in Sewell. I like those moves. I guess it's just because maybe I, uh, you know, I played offensive line in high school, and I just have an affinity for OLS. But I think when you look at the Chargers and how they have gotten themselves a center and Corey Lindsley. then they go out and they get Slater. You're doing the things that you need to do to protect your young QB. If you look at the Lions and what they're doing in trying to protect somebody like Jared Goff, who we absolutely know needs things to be clean for him to be at his best. Otherwise, he just seems to turn the ball over. Yeah, you go out and get somebody like Sewell, and then you have three anchor points. Ragnow at center, you got Decker at left tackle, and then Sewell at right tackle. That should be a good offensive line, and you can really get a good evaluation of Goff because, look, you got the Rams' first-round pick in 22 and 23. If you need to go get a QB, you should be able to do that.
0: Which of the rookie quarterbacks do you think we're talking about in about eight months the same way we talk about Justin Herbert?
3: Oh, that's a great question. That is a really good question. Uh, Probably Trey Lance because i think he's going to be in the best situation um based on the way that team looks right now right and a lot of times when those qbs go up really high you know jaguars you know they were a terrible team the jets were a terrible team last year but san francisco was hit so hard with injuries i remember they were at 12 right it's not like they really were picking in the top three they traded to go up and if kyle shanahan is as good of an offensive coach as we all seem to think that he is. Then I think that Trey Lance should have a really good rookie year, despite the fact that he hasn't really played much football since 2019. Given the fact that you know they, they're North Dakota State still playing right now in that FCS playoff, so um, and they, they move their season to the spring. So I think that Trey Lance, if he does get on the field, and I just feel like he's going to be on the field. You know, like you look at what happened with the Eagles in 16 with Carson Wentz, they decided to go with him to trade Sam Bradford, and then he looked like he had a lot of potential. I think the same sort of thing is going to happen there with Jimmy Garoppolo and also Trey Lance. You're going to see Lance sooner than later.
0: Well, he is Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk. Follow him on Twitter at Miles A Simmons. Miles, we appreciate it this morning.
3: Thanks, Miles. Of course, gentlemen. Have a good one. Thank
0: so. you. Too. Yeah, I, I, I think he's right about Trey Lance. I think that's the best situation that any of them landed in. And maybe Fields is good in, in Chicago and maybe Trevor Lawrence is truly just a superstar ready to go, regardless of where his team is. But I, I think we're talking about Trey Lance having the best rookie season
2: of any quarterback, maybe, assuming he maybe plays over Matt, Garoppolo. Maybe Mac Jones, opinion on Cam and what they do there.
0: Yeah, I think I, I he's the one
2: that I mean, least know likely I don't to know start, if play. though. Yeah,
0: yeah I, no, if, if he played there, maybe. But, yeah, I, I think if, if – and that's that's the other question with Lance, too, is does he beat out Jimmy Garoppolo? Is Jimmy right. Garoppolo still right. there? Is Jimmy Garoppolo still alive on Sunday? Right. We don't know. Ask Kyle Shanahan and nobody knows. All right, coming up next. Oh, we need Cassie Soto on the show. She missed out on a great proposal.
3: All right, still going on.
0: And McDonald picked it. Coming on, and it is 3-1 Western Sydney in the Derby.
2: We're back to the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff, live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios.
0: So the NFL Draft, uh, it's a TV show, because it's obviously something they could just do on a conference call if they wanted to, but they make money, so they try to do weird things all the time. Like having random people announce the picks for teams, which includes letting fans announce the picks for teams. And for one of the picks of the Kansas City Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs fan, announced to the Chiefs for picking. And then he proposed to his girlfriend at the podium of the NFL draft. This is a, this is a, a topic for Cassie Soto. She'd be an expert in this. But I feel like that's a really bad proposal
2: um well we'd have do we have to listen to it? because it was a very bizarre one as well um so i don't know it's national tv i, I don't know what i don't know what kind of proposers are good ones when you do it in front of a lot of people right i mean if you do it privately that's one thing but the whole in front of people i i never really know if they're hits or misses usually the I, do you know any that have said no usually they all say yes
0: no, but this, this girl should have said no
2: because he proposed with a ring pop. Yeah, the, the ring pop. He, he, the, the preface was some kind of superhero or some kind of comic book thing. I'm not into those, so she seemed to know what he was talking about. He was quoting some kind of comic book. I mean, the whole thing was a little bizarre.
0: The other part of this is that I feel incredibly bad for the poor kid that got drafted with that pick. Yes, yes. Because it was immediately not about him getting drafted, what might be the best moment of his life. It's about this guy quoting Deadpool proposing yeah. with a ring pop. Well,
2: like, and what usually the after you, Well, usually after you get drafted, um, you know, Kuiper and those guys go right in the evaluation. Now, sometimes you don't want to hear that. Sometimes you do. So if I'm the, if I'm the kid or I'm listening to it or I'm taping it and playing it back, I see. I see this Jamoke like with this ring pop getting down on one knee. I'm like, well, what's, this what's, what's this? What's 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 happening here? Um, yeah, it was a little weird. Although, let's be honest. I mean, Cassie at this point would you know if the I mean, if, if the guy if the guy leading people out with it, would, would, would propose her, she'd say yes, and she had never seen him in her life. I mean, at this point, she just wants someone to get down on the knee. It could really be anyone.
1: I was going to say at this point, can she say no to a ring pop? <laughs>
2: no she's
0: been she's she's been she's been dragged on stage to announce a pick in the fourth round of the nfl draft after her boyfriend quotes deadpool i think you're right jared she's she's gotta say yes she's already in too deep
2: and let's be honest and we we, and it's gonna be a long time so we have another year to make fun of her but what if this guy's waiting knowing she's a she's the lead writer for raiders.com and she'll make one of the picks next year like here in Vegas. Like obviously I think someone from Raiders.com is gonna make one of these picks next year, and the kid's like, I'll just wait till then, it gives me another year and I'll I'll do it in you know when the the draft is here in Vegas. That could be it. She is a star for Raiders.com. Nobody's proposing to
0: Cassie yeah, in a year.
1: I was gonna say. <laughs> Would it be funnier though if it if it like turns out, you know how you're supposed to ask the father for permission like this whole time it's been her parents just being like, No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: They're in on the joke with us.
2: Yes, <laughs> just well, declining it. All the all the kid has to do is wear a Raider a Raider shirt, and that crazy Lowe's person will make him will make him a, uh, propose. Now I don't know the boyfriend well enough to know his football team, but if it's anything beyond the Raiders, he may never get permission. Okay, during the
0: first round of the NFL draft, they had like a fan get to sit in that recliner kind of by the podium. Yeah, and Roger yeah. Goodell would like. Say hello to them Did he I don't know Maybe yes. he told them to pick I don't know That was so stupid Like I understand It's like Oh you get to sit on stage For the draft That was stupid I don't none, none of that was like Nobody A Nobody wants to see Roger Goodell Just randomly talk to this Random fan of the Browns Sitting on stage But also
1: Did we lose Tyler?
2: I think so Wow Did
0: we?
1: We, we normally don't lose Tyler Alright Wow um, yeah, I guess I'm, i don't,
2: You know, I don't think anyone wants to see Goodell doing anything. Never mind shaking someone's hands. We're not aware of who they are and what he's saying. Uh, I agree, with Tyler. You know what? You know what? Next year, I'm actually looking forward to like the Bellagio fountains and everything. I think it's going to be a cool thing here in Vegas. I, I hope they kind of scrap that whole chair thing. Either that, or like you got to push the person in the chair into the Bellagio fountains. Like that would be funny. Um, but I'm with Tyler on that because. It just didn't add anything to it. I mean, I except for the person, obviously, who got to sit in the chair and shake Roger Goodell's hand. Um, I, I, you know what I mean? It's like I didn't. it didn't add anything to it. So we'll see next year. I think next year has a chance. Being a little favored toward Las Vegas here, I think next year has to be a great time here in Southern Nevada with the draft.